words. With that being said, welcome. Uh, my name is Jack Gonzalez. My wife and I uh, lead, our, lead our church, Mosaic Life, with such an awesome pastoral team, and uh, we're grateful that we get to do that. We truly believe that no matter where you are at, you can find hope and healing in Christ. And uh, that's our heart. That's our mission. That's what God has given us. And so uh, let's take a moment to pray, and we'll jump into the Word this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Word. God, it's so powerful, and God, it's alive. I pray, God, that this morning would speak to us. This morning, each of us would have moments, Lord, where we're like, okay, wow, that, that's for me. I, I, I know that's for me. I know what he, that's saying that's for me. And I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is preparing this, and it's for you, and he is going to minister to you. And so receive this, Father. I pray your blessing over each and every one of us, God. May we eat today from your word, Lord, and be blessed by it. Thank you, Lord, in advance for what you're already going to do. And I pray that our hearts are soft and tender to, res to respond to your word today. We thank you, and in the name of Jesus Christ, we all pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And so uh, to get started, I want to ask you this question. You ready? What if you started a new job? Some of you are like, Pastor, I need a new job. Anybody? But what if you started a new job and you were excited about your new job? You know, the possibilities, the opportunities that it could lead to. And, and, and what if the owner of the company comes up to you and says, hey, um, you know, actually, I, I'm going to be going away on a trip for a little while, um, but I'm going to be back. He doesn't give you a, a return date. I'm going to come back on this day. He says, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to be gone for a little bit, but I will return. I will come back. And he says, listen, while I'm away, I want to leave you in charge of a few things. You know what? Can you handle this and you can handle that? And if you handle those things, when I come back, there's going to be a huge reward for you. You're like, reward? Okay, reward. He's like, listen, I know you got a good imagination and you can imagine some things, but this reward I'm talking about, I'm going to let you imagine, but it's going to be greater than you can possibly imagine. And he leaves you with these instructions and he says, listen, I, I'm, 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 can you handle this while I'm away? I will come back. I will come back. And so he goes and there it is in front of you. The responsibility, the task that the owner gave you. Now, what would you expect if you did the work and your boss came back and he evaluated your work? What would you expect? What would you expect for him? That he would keep his word, right? Right? You, you, you would expect this amazing reward. You might even expect a raise. Like, you left. You trusted me with this. I did it. You promised Right? You would expect him to be faithful, to keep his word. Now, this word faithful in the Greek is pistos. Pistos, the word faithful in the Greek here in the Bible, it's pistos. And it means faithful, loyal, true, trusty. In, in another version of the word faithful, it's trustworthy and reliable, meaning something you can count on. Like, like, for sure, like, this check has been written, and I know it's not going to bounce on somebody, but I, I can go and cash it, and it's, it's going to be what it says it's going to be on it, right? And this is who our Heavenly Father is to us. He's faithful. You can take Him at His word. If He says it, if it's in His word, and He says it, you can count on Him to be faithful to you. You can count on him to be loyal to you. You can count on him to be true to you. You can count on him to be trusty, trustworthy, and reliable to you. 
This is what it means to be faithful. We can expect this from God. Now, listen, today I want to jump into the book of Luke. And so if you get your Bibles open, you can turn there. You got your message notes open up there on the church app. You can follow along on the screen. But I want to get back into Luke chapter 19 where we were last week. Last week we opened up and we talked about that. But I want to jump back into the next part of Luke chapter uh, 19. And I want to share a message with you today titled, The Master Who Rewards the Faithful. And I really hope that it's a message that blesses you today and something that just stays in your heart, something you don't forget. And so, again, open your Bible up to um, uh, Luke chapter 19 or your message notes on, 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 uh, on there, and you'll see it there. And I want to go through this here, and we're going to get into what the Lord has given us this morning. So uh, beginning here in verses 11 through 27, and I'm going to jump right into it, okay? Verse 11, it says this, while they were listening to this, he went to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. Now, now let me just pause there for a moment. Uh, you, you see where it says, while they were listening to this. Now, what is this referring to? This is referring to the first 10 verses. This is referring to the fact that Jesus was traveling on his way to Jerusalem. He's going there for the very last time, but in order to get to Jerusalem, you've got to go through Jericho. And on his way to Jericho, he meets a man named Zacchaeus who's hanging in a tree. Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to be a guest at your home. They have this powerful moment. Zacchaeus responds. Jesus says, salvation has come to this house. And it's so amazing when one person makes a decision to respond to Jesus. It's the most beautiful thing. Listen, even, even if you've already done you can celebrate someone else doing it. Man, I'm happy for you. Even if you're not there yet, I know I got some things I got to work out. I don't know. I'm just confused. I'm dealing with some things right now, but I see that's happening. I can be happy for them. He calls them down. Salvation has come to this house. It's this beautiful moment. And then, you know, the, the Pharisees are saying, hey, Jesus has gone to be the guest of a, of a sinner. And all of this is taking place. And then Jesus takes this moment to teach them further. Now, I want you to understand some of the details. So we're going to read a little bit more of verse 11 here. Stay us over here at 11. This is, okay, how he wants to tell them a parable. So he's talking to this crowd of people. He says this, because he was near Jerusalem, right? He's in Jericho, near Jerusalem. And the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear. They thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. Why did the people think this? See, this group of people was emotionally charged because of Passover. The Passover celebration was going to come. What's Passover? Passover celebration was the celebration from hundreds of years before when the people were rescued from slavery in Egypt. God rescued them, sent Moses, rescued them, so they have a celebration called Passover. And every year they were taught to celebrate it. So even though this generation doesn't know anything about physically experience that, it's been passed down to them. And so here they are, and they celebrate this thing. So they are emotionally charged around Pat. Yes, this is when God saved us. Here's Jesus doing all these miracles, and they're like, this, this, is God. this guy has got to be the Christ. He must be the Christ. Because look, 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 he's doing miracles. We're around Passover time. He must be the Christ. So they're, they're, they're emotionally charged. So they're thinking, they, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. They are in oppression by the Roman rulers. They're not slaves like they were in Egypt, but they certainly feel the oppression. And so they're thinking to themselves, okay, the kingdom of God is going to, is going to appear at once. And, and, here's, and here's the thing about this is that, um, you know, God's plan was never to fix the problem with the outside without fixing the problem on the inside. 
And this is so important. See, these people wanted to be liberated physically first, and then, and then God, get rid of the rulers, and then I'll be right. And Jesus, no, I got to liberate you spiritually. I got to do this on the inside, because if I don't take care of this on the inside, you're just going to go and make the same mistakes, and then I'm going to have to just work with you again. Somebody else is going to conquer you, and all of this is going to happen again. So he's like, I got to work on the inside. I got, I got to, and this is what God wants to do in each of us. You know, we got hopes, we got dreams, we got things that we got to fix. And like, God, would you bless me here? God, would you bless me here? He's like, okay, but we got to work on some things on the inside. There's some things, some thoughts you're having. There's some things you're doing. Some people know about, some people don't know about. There's some things that are participating that aren't right. And God's like, I got to work on the inside. You want these other areas, and absolutely. And sometimes we just, we just got it backwards. We want the problem fixed. Isn't it like that sometimes? We want God to take away the problem, but God wants to work and develop us on the inside before the outside can be fixed. Order. God's order of things are always best. And so verse 12, you ready? That was verse 11. Sorry, we're going to verse 12. Verse 12, it says, And he said, a man of noble birth, who's he referring to? He's referring to himself. He says this, went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to return. And specifically speaking to them about the fact that the kingdom of God will not appear yet, at least in its fullness, but he will return. Verse 13, so he called 10 of his servants. Who are the servants? That's us. This is us. This is who he's talking to this morning. This is with this parable. This is us. We are his servants. This is, and gave them 10 minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. Now, what is this? This um, minas was about the wage of about three months of uh, a salary for a laboring man. You can think about what that would be in today's time. But this would be worth about three months of salary for a laboring man. Verse 14. But his subjects hated him and sent delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. Now, Jesus knows that there's a crowd of people that are cheering for him. They're like, man, this is awesome. This could be the Christ. This could be the Christ, the Messiah. This could be it. And they're excited. But he knows that in just a few days, they're going to be yelling out, screaming. A mob of them are going to gather. There's no king but Caesar. There's no king in John 19, 15. It's about to happen. Jesus knows our tomorrow. He's already there. He knows the things we're going to face. He knows the things that we're going to deal with. He knows how this crowd is going to become this mob, and they're going to say, there's no king but Caesar. Verse 15. Verse 15 says this. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he'd given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. Somebody say gained. Verse 16, the first one came and said, sir, your mina has earned 10 more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of 10 cities, right? Going to become the governor of 10 cities. The same, the second came and said, sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, you take charge of five cities, become the governor of five cities. Verse 20, then another servant came and said, sir, Here's your mina, and I've kept it and laid away, I've laid, laid, kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid because you were a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. 
His master replied, I would judge you by your own words. You wicked servant, you knew. Did you, you knew, did you, that I am a hard man taking out what I didn't put in and reaping what I didn't sow? Why then did you not put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Verse 24, then he said to those standing by, take this mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. Sir, they said, he already has 10. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Now, Jesus rarely ever uses language like that. And specifically here, and specifically here, he uses this terminology to explain futurist, futuristically what their souls are going to experience spiritually, what's going to happen to them. Now, you might have heard a similar parable about this, and, and Matthew records one similar about parable of the talents, and, but it's, it's a little bit different because in the parable of the talents, each of the servants are given a different amount and produce a different amount. In this parable, it's different because each of the servants is given the same amount and yet produces a different amount. Now, why is that? Every single one of us is given the opportunity to be faithful to God the same. You have the opportunity. It's not like in life you'll see like different people. It seems like different people have different opportunities afforded to them, so they're able to do certain things, right? We've seen that. In this case, God gives us, every single one of us, the opportunity to be faithful to Him equally across the board. It's what we do with that when He returns that we honor Him or not. Does that make sense? Okay, excellent. I'm glad we're, we're in this. Let's, 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 let's continue on here a little bit further. See, what God was measuring here in this parable is, is faithfulness, our faithfulness to Him. Faithfulness to Him doesn't mean we tell God, I'm sorry, God, I, you know what? God, I really don't want to get involved at that level. Like, God, that's a little bit too much. Can I just kind of, just kind of do it right here at this? I don't really want to get involved with that level. I don't know. We better hope that we're, we're, we're living right, living our life right is, is, is enough to at least get us some interest because it might just not be. You see, Jesus was amazing at teaching some of these principles, and he taught it before, and he says, listen, I'm going to teach it to this specific audience because that's what they need. And he's looking for us to be faithful to him. You know, my two older kids, they're at a stage in life where they have a question, who is mom and dad's favorite child? Have you ever been there? You ever been there? They're wondering, like, hey, Mom, Dad, who, who's your favorite? Could, you know, I, I think, man, could it be they heard that from some other kids? They watched a show, possibly. Could it be at times they see us treating the youngest one who's two years old, you know, maybe a little bit more care? Well, yeah, she's two. I mean, maybe possibly they got it from there. What my wife and I try to do to correct this is really two things. Number one, communicates that we love them all the same. Words are powerful. Right? The Bible teaches us that words are absolutely powerful. you got to speak it. You have to let your kids know that you love them, and you love them all the same. You must say it. Number two, make sure that you spend individual time with them, and then you have family time that's focused around that one child. And so in this, they're able to see that love 
is, is equal. So we have words and we have action behind it because we want them to grow up and to know that they all have the same opportunity to receive the same love because we're understanding that our relationship between them also reflects a relationship that they're going to understand with our Heavenly Father. He will love them in a way that we can't love them, but they'll see this here because our ultimate goal is that they love Him and love others. And so they, 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 they got to see this, this equal opportunity. And so what does faithfulness to God look like? What does faithfulness to God look like? This is one point that I want to share with you, and we may have a part two next week. But Number one, choosing to be faithful to his word from a place of joy. Choosing to be faithful to his word from a place of joy. Now, Is it possible to do something but hate doing it? Everybody, right? Everybody's okay. Everybody's like, wait, do I say yes or I say no? I'm not sure. <laughs> right? It's possible to, to, to do something but hate doing it. You know, that's some people with their job on Monday. They hate their job on Monday, but they love their job on Friday. It's like my kids in chores. But they've gotten better. They've, they've gotten better. You know why? You know why they've gotten better? Well, one of the reasons why I think they've got better, because they love allowance. They, 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 they love allowance. You know, when it's time to do the chores, it's, you know, uh, one of the chores that they have to do is they have to go outside and pick up our, our chase, our dog's droppings. No! You know, they'll, they'll make a face. I have a picture. Can you put that up, Cynthia? Uh, they'll, they'll, they, they just, that's... That's some of us. I mean, they just, no, I don't want to do that, right? You know, it could be, oh, they clean the kitchen, you know, sweep the floor, some of their, take out the garbage, fold the laundry. I've been really proud of my son as he's been getting into some of that. But if you are not careful, you can send the wrong message to God. You and I can send the wrong message to Him. God, I love your blessings. Keep them coming. But why do I have to be obedient to what you asked me in your word? Like, ugh. Why do I have to go to church? God's like, I designed this. This is not a man-made thing. This is my plan for you. Why do I have to go to church? Why do I got to be faithful? Why do I got to go again? Like, can I just go on Christmas? I'll show up again on Easter. And like, God, I checked it off. I'm good. Why can't I? And God's like, no, this is my plan. You know, why, 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 why do I have to serve? God, can I just sit Serving is for those older folks. Like, why do I got to serve? Like, what, why? Why me, God? Why, why do I have to give a tithe, God? I know somebody added that in. That can't possibly be true. And God's like, no, your tithe is proof that you trust me with what I've given you. He's like, why, why, why do I have to read the Bible, God? That you, I mean, you wrote it so long ago. Why do I got to read the Bible? It's like, no, everything you need to know is in there. It's going to bless you. It's going to protect you. It's going to save you from a whole lot. You know, why, why do I have to pray? God, I don't got time to pray. You can make it just a religion and miss the relationship. And what message does that send to a father that loves us? You could take the picture down. I can't. I only handle that picture for so long. I'm sorry, somebody uh, uh, put their child on the internet like that. <laughs> I found it though. But what message does that send to the father who loves us? What message does that send to the father who's given us every opportunity to be faithful to him? What message does that send to him? 
no, God, God, uh, can't you just bless me? Like, I want the blessing. God, hook it up. Take care of me. Meet every need. But, but go to church, serve, you know, be faithful, read your word, pray, give a tithe. Like, God, like, how? Why, God? And it says, listen, God. I'm sorry, God. I, I, just, I, just, I just don't have time for the relationship. I just want the blessing. You see, the relationship which is an individual relationship with him, requires faithfulness to God's word from a place of joy. I want you to look what the psalmist says in Psalms 1-2. It says this, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They, who's they? They is talking about the righteous, right? God's people. They delight uh, in, 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 in the law of the Lord. What's the law of the Lord? This is God's word. This is what God's word is. What does delight mean? Delight is really enjoy. So the righteous, God's people, really enjoy God's word. The result or the action becomes meditating on it day and night. So they wake up with God's word, and then they go to sleep with God's word. Pastor, that sounds hard. No, it's not. It's not. Just start with one verse, a verse that has one sentence in it. And read that same verse in the morning. And then read that same verse at night. Thank God for his word and, and, and thank him and express your gratefulness to him. Just a couple of minutes. It's a place to start. Now, some of us, I get it, we're more, you're at a place where you, you were there, but you're not there and you've grown and you've matured and, and that's good. Meditate it. Meditate on it. God, really, what are you trying to teach? God, what are you trying to do? God, help me to understand your heart. I mean, take, take it a, a, a little bit deeper. It's a great place to begin. See, your faithfulness to God will produce the promises of God, and we all love the promises of God. And in the case of Psalm 1, we'll look at verse 3. Okay, check out verse 3. Okay, we just read verse 2, right? Verse 2 said, those who delight in God's word meditate on a day and night, and then they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. I know you and I want to bear fruit in our life in each season. We want to continue to produce fruit, produce the good things that God has for us, produce, pr pr produce the blessing, produce, and we want to see it in the generations that follow. We want to see it in our kids, right, don't we? We want to see it in the next generation. We want to see it in our neighbors. We want to see it around us. We want to see it in our finances. We want to see it in our health. You want to see that. Bearing fruit in each season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Imagine having favor from God in such a way that you just, everything for you just works out. And they prosper in all they do. Talking about having a favor from God that's like, whoa. Like God's hand is just in my life. It just works out. I don't know. I don't even make enough. I don't even have the right connections. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not even good enough. But it, the favor of God. The favor of God. Those who delight in God's word and meditate it on, on it day and night. See, the blessing is in the obedience to God's word from a place of joy. I mean, think about those that are described in this parable that Jesus is talking about, right? He's, he's got these 10 servants. And actually in verse 13, let's jump to verse 13. This is this, before he left, he called together 10 of his servants and divided among them 10 pounds of, of silver, which is the meanest saying, invest this for me while I am gone. The king gives them instructions, right? See, their blessing is determined from either them following that instruction or not. 
upright. Do you want the blessing? You follow the instruction. You don't want the blessing, don't follow the instruction. But they could easily fall into judging the master's instructions. And I feel like that's a big thing in today's culture. We're just always judging, like, God, why? Like, God, like, no, like, that's not right. What were, how, that don't apply, that don't even make sense. And there's a big thing in culture in judging God's instructions. Like, no, that's, that's just not right. And I'm like, listen, look, look, just walk in this. It's simple. And I pray that God opens our hearts and minds and those that are in your sphere of influence around you. Just walk in Him. You know, it's, it's, it's not like in, you, you'll see like in, in Islam or in, in other things where they're, they're asking you to do some things that, that are tough. God is asking you to love Him and love people. He says that fulfills the whole thing. You get that down, you, feel, you fulfilled the whole thing. This, this is, this is what, he's, what He's asking. This is what He's asking of this. And I want you to understand this. Choosing to be faithful to God is not just reading His Word. It's also about living out what His Word asks of us. You can't just hear it, but you've got you to you live it out. So what does it say? You have to know what it says in order for you to live it out. That means in order to know what it says, you have to take it in. You have to receive it. In James chapter 1, verses 23 and 24, it says this. Can we read it together? Can we read this together on the count of three? One, two, and three. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. Come on, somebody. Love that. That's the Bible. Just like what you just looked at yourself, left. Wait, what do I look like? Wait, let me go look again. There it is, right there. That's what it's like to listen to God's word but don't obey, and and that's such a religious thing, in the sense that oh yep I went I listened I showed up attendance checked off boom I'm gone, and and that's yeah see you next Sunday or. But there's no, been no change. You haven't allowed it to penetrate your life. How is your life any different? My prayer for us is that we would come to a place of God, okay. Pastor Justin, what was the last song we sang? I give myself, God, like, okay, God, I recognize there's nothing perfect about me at all. And God knows. When you tell him that, he knows. <laughs> But you're just like, okay, God, I'm just, I'm gonna, I don't even know how I'm gonna give up that habit. I'm just tired of running, but I'm ready to surrender to you. I'm ready to get with your program and just honor you. I, I, I'm just, I'm just ready to do it your way. I'm, this is, I, I'm praying for each and every one of us. Some of us are at another place where maybe there's that one thing, and some of us, we got a whole bunch of things, but whatever it is, it's one step at a time. God, I bring it to you. Bring it to you, God. You know about it. I know about it. And we both know that it ain't right. And I know that throughout today's message, the Holy Spirit has already been just kind of, he's been doing that. Let me say this. Choosing to be faithful to God has everything to do with following what his word says, living it out, walking it out, trusting him with it. And there's nothing in God's word that you cannot do. There's nothing. You can do it all. You can do it all. So what is he asking you to do in his word? Just two quick things that I'm just going to go 
glance through quickly. Number one is love him faithfully and love others, right? We see that in Matthew 22, 37 and Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. I mean, this, as I mentioned, sums up all of God's law. Love him faithfully and love others. The second thing is this, share his message with everyone who will listen, right? Usher people into hope and healing. God trusts us with this powerful, life-giving message called the gospel. And he says, share it. And if you look at the scriptures, he says, love God and love people, and gives us a mission to share with what he's done on us on the inside to share it with others. He says, I'm going to go. I leave you this. I will return. And if you look at the signs and the times that we're living in, he's coming close, folks. Church, he's, he, he's, he's coming close. We're called to be faithful. Can we do this? Absolutely. Absolutely, in the name of Jesus, we can do this. No matter where you are in your faith, no matter what you've been through, we can all be more faithful to our Heavenly Father. So here's the challenge. The challenge is this. Make a commitment to read or listen audio to one scripture and meditate on it day and night this week. This week, thank God for Him. God, thank you for who you are and express your thankfulness to Him. And some of us, I get it, you do some deep Bible studies and you're in some of our Bible studies and we go in and that's great. But outside of that, that weekly gathering, would you every day on your own at least take one scripture, read it in the morning, read it at night and just meditate on that. God, thank you for it. Thank you for it. Everyone can do this. Everyone. If you need, if you say, Pastor, I don't really got a Bible. But hey, let's talk about that. We have paper Bibles to give you. If you're like, hey, I prefer technology, let me show you. I'll help you download it on the app. Even our church app has a Bible in it. Let, let me show you how to, how to do that. Every single one of us can do that. You can do this. Let me take a moment, and I want to pray for us and give us an opportunity to respond. I know that there's some heavy hearts in the building, some things God is doing. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for your love. I thank you, God, for your word. And Holy Spirit, you moving all over this place and speaking and dropping nuggets and moments and moments of saying, God, I know that's for me. I know. God, would you help us today with our hearts and minds be tender enough to respond to you? Say, yes, God. God, I want to walk in that. I want to be strengthened. God, I want to be encouraged. God, I want your blessing, but I know your blessing says this. I, I, I got to do this. This is the prerequisite, God. Help us, God, to allow you to work on the inside and trust that with that, you'll also take care of the outside. God, there are things that are heavy on our heart. There are things, problems in our life feel like we need to get fixed. And we'll watch you work, but we need to let you work on the inside. Thank you, Father, for sending your son Jesus just for us.